Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Presents podcast, where we sit down after watching a brand new movie, and uh, we don't talk about it, we never talk about it, and we just come right back to the mic, and we just, you know, we we, we save all of those uh, those little spicy, ow, 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 those little spicy takes. Scare just the for the microphone. Michael. No, the cats will be okay. She she does look nervous, but it's okay. She's like, why are you yelling? She's used to it by now. Uh, my name is Mike Burge, and I am going to be hosting this episode of Hot Takes, and I am joined today by Diana Jamiro. Hey yo. And uh, we just got out of watching John Wick Chapter Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, the latest in the uh, DJ Headshot uh, film series. Um, yeah, John Wick Chapter 4, it's been out for a little bit at the time that we are finally posting this, uh, took us a bit to catch up to it, um, but, uh, it's been getting rave reviews, uh, pretty much all across the line, uh, I was looking at Letterboxd just a second ago to kind of see what friends and people who are enemies, uh, are (laughs) thinking about the movie, and pretty much, like, people are kind of saying that this one is, uh, pretty... Up pretty, there, pretty, pretty good. People are liking good. it. Um, but before we break into it, uh, as always, uh, if this is your first time listening, or um, you know your second, third, fourth, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, how many episodes have we got? Over three hundred and fifty. We've got a lot of podcasts on Story Screen Presents, and Hot Takes is not the only show. Uh, we've got Cathode Raycast, which mainly covers TV shows. We've got Overdrinkers, which covers uh, more retrospective analysis kind of stuff, group movies. And uh, we also have Freaking Out with Flanagan, which me and Diana co-host as well, which covers the filmography of one Mike Flanagan and the Flanaverse, as it's called. Um, and we also have uh, articles, reviews, other forms of content that go up on storyscreenbeacon.com. So you can go over there and check all that out. Podcasts can be found wherever you're listening to this one. And also, real quick, uh, if you don't know, we do have a brand spanking new Patreon uh, that we just launched up. Uh, under story screen presents and we've got a bunch of different tiers there uh, a bunch of fun goals that we're going for and you can get a bunch of exclusive uh podcasts and content over there such as uh my movie daddy article reviews covering the filmography of steven spielberg one film at a time as well as loads of other shows we've got like the colette stuff covering tony colette's uh filmography that i co-host with bernadette gorman white uh we were also doing a similar thing with um robert pattinson currently And we also have uh, 8-Bits, which is like a video game to film adaptation series that I did with Robert Anderson. Uh, Me and Robbie also did... um, Stock and Carpenter. Stock and Carpenter, covered John Carpenter's films. Shrek. Shrek, yep, yep, loads. (laughs) Uh, We did did a lot. There's a lot up there. Uh, At the time of this recording, we already have like 53 podcast episodes all launched up there and ready to go. So for $5 a month, boom, that is yours. But there's other tiers too. Take a peek. Um, other than that, with all that out of the way, um, we'll do spoiler free. We're doing spoiler free. Yeah. Yeah. This is your first time listening to hot takes. We, we spoiler free. Uh, we will let you know and take a quick little music break before we break into uh, spoiler talk. So feel free to just kind of get the vibe of the movie and what's going on here. Um, but, uh, a little backstory. Um, I watched all the John Wicks, uh, John Wick, John Wick chapter two. And the uh, ridiculously titled John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, which this one doesn't have like yeah, a subtitle. That, that's the only one that it's has it. the only one that has it, yeah. So I saw all of them, but I did not rewatch them. 
Will you refresh my memory of sort of where numero three kind of finishes up? Uh, pretty much. Uh, so a fun thing that came out recently was um, the uh, director. Um, Chad. Uh, Chad Stahelski. <laughs> uh, notorious Chad from the Matrix uh, Resurrections. Hell um, yes. Who is the director of all of these movies. Uh, and we'll get into the slight change in writers in this one. Um uh, he, in an interview, said that the first three movies take place over the course of about a week and a half, uh, which watching them back to back really kind of does show that because they really do kind of pick up immediately after, like, right, right where kind of like Karate Kid. Remember the Karate Kid movies would always pick up immediately after the end of like the, I think the Rocky movies did that too for a little while and then they would Rocky just kind of jump ahead. definitely did that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Karate Kid, it's been a minute. But <laughs> chapter four <laughs> takes place six months after. Okay. Parabellum. And what but, happens at the end of yeah. Parabellum is uh, Parabellum's whole big bad guy is um, the high table is coming after John Wick, right. wants to kill him. Uh, and he and they're also going to like discontinue the Continental and uh, they hire John Wick to kill Winston, uh, who is the uh, Ian McShane character who runs the Continental. I love him. They fight off a bunch of people and then... Um, uh, it is agreed that the high table is like, you know what? John Wick's a little too dangerous. Uh, you know, we're going to never mind. And we're going to give the Continental back to Ian McShane. If but he kills him. If he kills him. And right. Ian McShane just turns and shoots John Wick. And John Wick falls off a building and uh, does not die. Uh, and is then picked up by uh, Lawrence uh, Fishburne's... Um, what's like, his character's uh, name? I'm going to look it up because I, it's... He's the Bowery King. Bowery King. Bowery King. And uh, he's like, are you mad? And he's like, yeah. And that's how it ends. And Right. Yeah. Okay. That's what I couldn't remember. I knew he sh he gets shot. He doesn't die. But then I was like, but then what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's, so he obviously too, spoilers for the first three John Wicks. You yeah. Know, those mean, have been out for a spoiler, bit. Spoiler. Kind he, of set those he's up. He's alive for he's the alive. fourth yeah. one. John Wick is in the movie John Wick Chapter 4. Played by... Keanu. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll, I guess we'll kind of like uh, save like the real specific talk for a moment about chapter four. But like you like the John Wick movies, right? Hell yeah. Right. They're, They're fun. Great. My whole thing with John Wick is like, I like the John Wick movies. These types of movies, like big like fightums, as I call them, like I big like, action scenes that yeah. are like fight and choreography and stunts oriented. I'm not as familiar with those. I've watched a couple. I disagree with you. Okay. Because uh, we both really like Mission Impossible. Oh, sure. We both really like the Bourne movies. Yes. And I think that, in my mind, those are sort of the same genre. I wouldn't say that they I, are. like, seek out this type of, like, super violent, I'm talking. Violent. I'm talking stuff like the Raid series. Oh, okay. There's also, like, you know... <laughs> There's like so many of these and I, I don't like want to sound specific, dismissive. Though. Like there's, yeah. you know, like you, you asked me like, who's that guy in this movie? And I was like, that's Scott Atkins. And it's like Scott Atkins is like this guy who's probably not that well known to just general movie going like but people. But is he always that build or did they make him look like that? for this No, movie? he's wearing a fat suit. That's in the movie. Yeah. why. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, this guy looks, you know, to get into spoilers. Oh, they've, they've revealed what he yeah, looks like. I, and, I've yeah. seen pictures on the internet. He looks like a version of the Kingpin slash 
penguin. Yeah, from, the big penguin. From the new Batman. Batman you know, he's given big, like, yeah, he's given big Colin Farrell, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio energy in the kind of comic booky feel that they make for him yeah. with his fake teeth and his card playing yeah. his big, it's big like, shouldered like, suit again like I'm about <laughs> to show like my um, my negligence in getting to this specific kind of subgenre, but like I'm not really too familiar with a lot of the movies that he's been in I've sure. seen I've seen clips and stuff that have like been jaw dropping so you yeah. can see why they would want to include him in something like okay, this okay so I understand what you're saying like as far as like you and I watch movies where they are spies or dabble in hand-to-hand combat, yeah. but neither of us would say that we're like an authority on watching martial art movies or anything like that. We've dabbled, yeah, but I wouldn't are, say like we know all of the super yeah. famous fight yes, choreographers and things like that. John Wick is a different type of movie from yeah. those other ones, at least two, three, and four, which we'll get into. Yeah. One very much is two, but not as much, where it's like, you just have all these different big fight set pieces that are sure. going to last really long. Yeah. And then those are kind of tied together by like, so anyway, like, what's the point of this movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. like, oh, we got to fight again. And then, well, yeah. see, that's the thing. I love the first one and I've watched that one multiple times. The second and third one I have, I think I've only watched the third one once. And the second one I've only watched a few times. Mm-hmm. The third one... I don't remember that well. Like, I mean, I obviously remember Ian McShane shooting him, but like the majority of like the big action sequences, it's kind of like, what? It went out my ear. But if I had rewatched it. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll, like kind of just like put it up front. (laughs) I haven't, I haven't come up with my new ordering just yet. Oh, your ranking? My ranking. I still um, really like number one. Yeah. A lot of people. For story. Yeah. A lot of people have been doing like, now the new ones come out. I've been seeing a lot of one, four, two, three. I've been seeing a lot of four, one, two, three. You know, this was really good. This one's good. That's my hot take. It's really good. And for movies that kind of need to top the fight choreography of the prior and the set pieces and the location and things like that, Mm -hmm. it, it did the best job of building off of the first one and then making it cool, entertaining, new lore, new stuff. Um, it was entertaining, and I appreciated that we didn't have to see anyone really get sh- shot in the face, like, <laughs> even though it's implied heavily, yeah. you know, like, I appreciate that it wasn't, like, grotesquely violent, even though it is very violent. Yeah, uh, like, that's something that I'm, like... Because <laughs> I'm not somebody that needs to see that. <laughs> yeah, in rewatching them, I'm, like, number one is my favorite, hands down, um, just because of the heart and the yeah. simplicity of it like it's it's Story kind of is great the 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 heart in it is like why it's there and it could operate fully on its own and the characters in it are just like whether they be just like sniveling little people or like big bads and stuff oh, like, you mean theon greyjoy theon greyjoy <laughs> like it, it, they're just more connective and it just like matters more well i like how the first one you know it's only 20 minutes but after that you are heavily invested in John Wick oh, exacting the, revenge. The, the puppy stuff yeah. in John Wick. The preamble, one the car, is, the puppy. Yes. Is nuts. The like wife. It's, it's done yeah. so well. Like I've seen that movie like 10 times yeah. at this point. The grief and then the trying to get out of grief and then being thrown back into grief. Yeah. It's ooh, it's so well done. Yeah. And like, it's like you're really into it. By the second or third one, you're sort of like, I don't know if I yeah. totally feel like you should be continue to be doing what you're doing anymore i mean i guess but right somebody's trying to kill you sure (laughs) yeah and then the fact that like it takes like the fact that like two and three take place like just over like he doesn't really get a break it's like his initial actions that he takes in the first one 
just immediately lead to all of the things that pretty much happen in two and three. And then this one is him kind of like going back out there for revenge again. But also to try and break free. Exactly. Like he's trying to break free, but then it's like that question of the question that they kind of posit in two and three is like, is he kind of addicted to this? Is he trying to die? Sure. You know, like that kind of thing. And he even kind of says something along those lines. Because what does he have to live for? Well, in the third one, like that's revealed. It's like he wants to live so that he can remember his wife. Gotcha. Instead of like dying because he doesn't know there's a line in this movie too which is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler where they're just like... Yeah, once you're dead, you're dead. There's well, whatever. He says, he's like, I don't know. He's like, he's oh, like, I'm yeah. talking to my wife. And he's like, he's do you like think saying, she can hear you? And he's like, I don't know. He's saying, no, I don't, but maybe, maybe I'm, I'm wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah. And so it's that idea of like him, this movie, you know, no spoilers, is like him maybe kind of coming to terms with what might have to happen for him to be able to be at peace. It's like for, like one of the first things that happens in the movie is kind of proposing that idea of sure. just like, where is the end of the road for John Wick and like this like road that he has like put himself on. And the first one I think is the one that just like has like the clearest path, like beginning to end. It's also the shortest. It's like kind of a clean hundred minutes. This was this the longest? This, it, they always, they get longer. <laughs> They're like the Harry Potter books. I was like, this is three hours. This had to be the longest. This is long. Yeah, it's an, it's like an hour 40-ish, two hours-ish, two hours and 10-ish, and then- To be fair, pretty though- Pretty close to three hours. It didn't drag. No, not at all. I don't, mm, I don't think And so. I, I've seen movies that are a half hour to 40 minutes shorter that do drag. Mm-hmm. So- well played, I Chad. Will say, well played. We'll talk about it more specifically in the spoilers of like the kind of pacing of the yeah. movie. You could always trim stuff out, but right. Well, apparently they did. Like One apparently the, the first less. the first cut of this movie like kind of like went a little wild, and they kind of brought it down, but they couldn't bring it down to what the studio really wanted, which was probably like cap it at two and a half, yeah. like tops. Like come on, guys. But there's definitely stuff in there because like this is it's it's a it's a lean movie. There's really not a whole lot that you can cut it's out. It's a lean three hours. It, it is. It is because there's really not like something can be six hours and there can be no fat on no, it. No, I know. Makes I know. Sense. I know. Yeah. I'm teasing. But like that's like you not feeling it. Like that's that's that part where it's like it doesn't the, really feel like. The only time I felt it was when I had to pee, which I did pee mm-hmm. twice during the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I tried to be as fast as humanly possible, mm-hmm. and I didn't miss much. Yeah. This is kind of like. Earlier on last year in 2022, you know, and uh, the Batman's like vengeance on everyone's bladders, like in in the cinema. Like it was just like, oh, can you make this? And, you know, that was a long movie, but it's also another one that like the tone and atmosphere and what they're (laughs) setting up and taking time with is very important in that movie. Sure. Whereas in this one, it's more just like, look, we got a lot of ground to cover. We're introducing some brand new roles. Um which I liked. Inter- interestingly, this one is a little light on the world building as far as like introducing new elements to this world. There are some very important ones. Sure. But like in the past, you're just like, you're finding out about all these different things in each movie and like learning about the continental a little bit more and like what the rules are. Like, That's why the first one's so cool. Yeah. Because just going to the hotel is cool. Yeah. Like learning the lore, learning the like code of having safe house mm-hmm. and the uniforms and just like the secrecy. It, yeah. It's so cool. Well, and the other thing about the first one that I really like is that it's not really treating the lore all with all that much like it's respect. Not a, it's not a 
ton of exposition. It's it's it's, just, you, it's, you feel it's, it. it's doing like it's setting up stuff because they don't know if they're gonna make a second one. And in the second one, that's where like the like the idea of like the Continental is safe haven really plays an important part. Right. Because the ending of that movie is all about that. It's sure. why he gets excommunicado is like he kills a guy like right there in the Continental because he has to. Like if he doesn't, this guy is gonna destroy everything. Um, in the first one, you know that they're not allowed to fight, like, on the hollowed ground of the Continental, but that is immediately undercut by, like, an assassin being like, well, I'm just gonna do it anyway because I want money. And they think that, he thinks that he's safe there. But there's consequences for But there's consequences for that and everything, but it's, like, this interesting thing where it's, like, it's this world that's existed forever and there are these rules, but these people are, like... Some of these people are bad people. Like, they don't oh, yeah. give a shit. But yeah. I also like sort of this weird, well, it's not weird, but just like the enforcement that there is a code of ethics mm-hmm. even among assassins and that there are consequences for breaking the rules. It gives it like this little elegance yeah. to it. And it's like one of my favorite points in all of the movies is when Common, who is like, all of these movies have like a main bad guy who is the bad guy, and then they have like a foe for John Wick, and it's it's kind of like Bond movies where it's sure. like there's like there's, a henchman, you know, yeah. There's Goldfinger, but then there's like um, fucking Top Hat and shit, like yeah, yeah like oh, um, and Common in Chapter Two, he plays like the dude that John Wick used to know, who's maybe just as good as him. He's he's a, like a hired assassin that right. works for the high table. He's involved in this world. And they're fighting and stuff, and they end up bursting through the window of the Continental by accident, and they can't fight anymore, and they stand up, and Winston's like, maybe you guys should just go in and chill out over a drink. And Com- and, uh, and and John Wick looks at Common's character and goes, gin, right? And Common's like, yeah, bourbon, if I remember. Nice. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, these guys like, have, like, there's this respect for <laughs> one another. there's camaraderie. Yeah, even if in they're some, like, you know, some cases. especially with John Wick, who is like this Baba Yaga figure in this world that like every single person that John Wick bumps into yeah. that's hurt, has, has one heard of him and is either like shit scared of him or is just like, respect. Fuck, you're John yeah. Wick, man. Yeah. Like, um... There's a, I'm trying to find uh, the character's name from, from which uh, one? From the third one. Oh. Uh, That's less You say fresh. something while we're, you say something. Say something. Say something. Say something. About it, this, and this is not spoilers, but Bill Skarsgård has a not great French accent in this movie. Fine. It's fine. I think you're being hard on No, him. it's fine. What he can't escape is there's a couple of sequences where he still has the one dead Pennywise eye. Well, always, And yeah. you can't fight it. But I didn't notice that mm-hmm. in um, Barbarian. Sure, right. But in this, there were a couple of sequences where he sort of looks and he looks off to the side and then I'm like creepy Pennywise eye. You know, I actually noticed it more in this movie with his arms oh. because Bill Skarsgård has very long arms. And he's very tall. And he's very tall and he's just got these lanky arms and at one point in the he movie, is... like he just like okay. raises his arms in a way. Right, I'm so just like, oh, there it is. Spoiler alert, he is dressed to the nines. He's got some of the best outfits in this movie. Like usually the simple but really good suit for Keanu Reeves takes the cake, but Donnie Yen and Bill Skarsgård 
definitely kind of steal it from him. And I also like the aesthetic of the other new character who's sort of like Mr. Nobody that we'll talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I like his aesthetic as well, but it's a little different. It's more cash. Yeah. And so, so the character I was trying to remember, the character's name is Zero. It's played by uh, uh, Mark Dukakis, uh, who is in the third movie. In the third movie. In he's Parabellum. In Parabellum. Like he's kind of the... He's like, you know, the, 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 the kind of like, uh, comrade assassin figure in that one. Um, but he also sort of operates as the main bad because the main bad is, um, the adjudicator from like the high, it's the high table, but you never see them. Right. But, um, Mark Dukakis's character is like. A fanboy of John Wick. Sure. I don't know if you remember I that. I do remember he's the ball that. Guy. Like he's really excited. And to, he's very yeah. good at what he does. Yeah. But every time he's in the same room as John Wick, he's just like, oh man, I can't believe I'm with John Wick right now. Dude, like you're my favorite. And But then now he's trying kill to kill you. him. Yeah, 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 it's great. <laughs> and so it's like, I like that. I like that idea of how like all these people that are kind of operating, quote unquote, under the table, as they say in the movies, yeah. have like this respect for john wick or like this kind of like well, also- fear of john wick but this one is more it's the high table just being like we cannot fucking deal with this guy anymore like yeah. this guy has just been destroying shit he destroyed shit for like two weeks six months ago we gotta take care of him and that's kind of interesting because it kind of just is john wick going like for a straight line to try and like figure out like, well, first I got to do this to get this. And then I got to go this to do this. And then I got to do this to get there. Right. And along the way, he just meets like old friends and stuff who are either on one side trying to help him or the other side. And they're like, I got to, I can't, I can't do this, man. I got to, yeah. I got to take you out. Well, it's sort of a, a little bit more so in number three than in this one. It's kind of like weirdly like having your favorite retired athlete like having the cal ripkin of the baseball realm and then a new young up-and-coming be like i love you i love what you've done Mm -hmm. for the sport i really admire you but you hurt your shoulder Mm -hmm. now i'm coming in and taking it you know so there's you got back in the ring like what can i do they're like i want to give you respect but i'm in better shape old man Mm -hmm. you know so there's like a little bit of that and they never are and they never are because he's apparently like Gumby. He's made out of rubber because he hits a whole lot of shit. He's indestructible. He should have broken a lot of bones, man. He's indestructible, <laughs> apparently, unless Theon Greyjoy punches him in the face. Yeah. Which is how he gets knocked out in the first one, which I'm just like, I get it. It's fine. We'll let it go. But like, this guy gets hit by like, I think he gets hit by like 18 different cars throughout the first trilogy. And spoiler alert, he gets hit by a lot more in this one, too. I'm sure that's not a surprise. And it's just like, oh, man, he gets hit over the head with a baseball bat once. And then Theon Greyjoy calls him a bitch and punches him. And he, <laughs> he, he's knocked out for the whole night. Maybe it's sort of like a surprise because this is the idea in the first he's one. He's rusty. They, they say that line. Like, that's that's the out on that is that he's rusty. I think it's sort of the element of he's coming out of retirement. And now mm. it's been a few weeks, even though it's been a few years. And he's got his groove back. Mm -hmm. He's fallen back in. So he's either got old friends or he's got new people that are like, yo, the amount of money on you is just getting higher and higher. 
and that's an incentive and they don't really know him. They just know he's a big ticket item. Yeah. Or there's these people that respect him and they want to get their shot at throwing their hat in the ring with the legendary Bubba Yaga. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was like a, a goon, like a nameless goon working for some gang in New York, like I would have fucking quit so fast. But I guess it does take place over a week and a half. So maybe some people sure. didn't find out and they're like, oh, John Wick's out there. I've never heard of him or some people yeah. are just like, whatever. And so yeah. You think maybe you want to tell these guys, like, by the way, yeah. this guy, like, one night, he killed, like, a lot of people. Sure. You know? I mean, I feel like I would ask around. Right, yeah. Because you would assume that the people with the higher, you know, meal ticket attached to mm-hmm. them are probably harder to kill. Yeah, like, Barry and Henry, who are, like, mug th- goons that, like, work at some club, like, for protection and stuff like that. They're like, fuck, do you think John Wick's going to come in tonight? Yeah, totally. Oh, God, no. Oh, shit, he's here. Like, I'd run away. I, I don't want to fight him. Yeah, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going on vacation. They really just throw their, themselves at him, too. Yeah. I'm just like, guys, <laughs> like, after the fifth body drops, it's like, all right, you know what? I don't think that this is going to work. Like, Come out. Remember that scene in Iron Man 3? <laughs> yes. Where he just, like, takes everybody out, and there's one guy, and he's like, honestly, I don't even like these people I work for. They're super fucking weird. Like, just leave. Like, do that. <laughs> All right, I think, uh, are we ready to take a break and then well, come yeah. back for spoilers? Before we do, um, like, what are your general takes on Chapter 4? You know, because we, we kind of, like, built up, like, kind of talking about where we're at and, like, where the character's at and our viewing of it is at Yeah. by the time we watch Chapter 4. But, okay. like, we don't really talk about Chapter 4 all that much all right. uh, in the so, non-spoilers. But, like, your non-spoilery hot take on, not, on well, Chapter 4. I think... Um, you know, my, my non-spoilery hot take is sort of uh, tidbits I've said already. It did not drag despite being three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fight sequences are really entertaining, but not grotesquely violent. Like, they are violent, but they never show you seeing someone, like, totally getting their eyes gouged out or their face blown by a gun or, you know, this this idea of sort of like a bulletproof suit presents an interesting challenge and protection from us seeing certain things, but mm-hmm. it also influences how the kills have to happen. Yeah. Because um, the amount of like places on somebody that are vulnerable are a lot smaller. Um, yes. I find it really interesting the way they, they pull certain themes from each one to kind of continue it. Yeah, it's fun. Like, and, you know, I, I don't want to get specific, but like, yeah, yeah. they use like needle drops from yeah. uh, the other yes. three to kind Definitely. of like accentuate at certain points. Definitely. Yeah. You know, and there's... Um, there's friends in quotes that come back from previous movies and that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, I think the new characters in this movie are really fucking good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my endorsement. Check it out. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of fun. This is a movie I, again, like this movie has been out now for about two weeks by the time we're posting this. So a lot of people who are probably interested in John Wick have already seen it. If you haven't and you're listening to this and you're maybe a little on the fence, it's good. Yeah. Go see it. Go see it. It's really good. And uh, it's really good in the theater. Our, our crowd was like really receptive. Yeah. It wasn't even that full, but mm-hmm. people were, I mean, I have a hard time controlling my volume when I get startled or things are really gross mm-hmm. or crazy. Yeah, I've and said it before. You're one of the best people to sit next to to watch a movie. <laughs> I'm glad you think that because mm-hmm. I'm sure it's annoying for some people. But no. sort of the, oh, God, you no, know, when you, somebody you like gets their You're like reacting. Arm bro- you know, yeah, like if somebody was doing that like a couple rows up yeah. from me, I'd be like, that makes it better for me. Yeah. So I was not the only one, which I am always pleased by. Yeah. Especially by the end of the movie when I feel like there was a little bit of a slapstick 
comedy value to some of the fighting oh. in this one in particular. Oh like, no, like, that is very present in the other the chapter two and chapter three. I guess I just have one doesn't I, really have that. It yeah. has a little bit of like the kind of winking humor yeah. of how fucked up this is. I guess because I haven't watched two and three right before this, yeah. and you did, and in, um, I, I definitely this one there was like a little bit of chuckling during yes. the fighting, even though it's extremely violent, but sort of like the like hitting each other with hands, like silly. It's, it's how you kind of bring the violence. Yeah. Like, the, like that kind of like, it go the violence goes down easier because you're like, we're having fun. This is fake. Like yeah. everyone's having a good time. Like I. Well, it's also realistic to be like, not every slap or punch is going to be a pretty and perfect one. Some exactly. of them are yeah. going to be ugly that's, and some of them are going to be silly. That's <laughs> why these movies I think are so good is because yeah. like sometimes John fucks up and, and like he stumbles or something happens. He's getting old. He's getting tired. He's trying to flip people yeah. over. And I was like kind of putting it in a way uh, after this recent rewatch, I realized that like my kind of take on the whole series is that John Wick is like the road runner. And everyone else in this world is Wiley e. Coyote. Poor babies. And they're just like, oh, we're gonna get him. We got the perfect plan. Here we go. And he's just like, beep, beep. dubstep music going around, just like fucking, yeah, he's saying two words every now and then. He's saying, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All um, right. What about you? Any other that's, that was, spoiler free? That was my kind of take yeah. on it. It's like, it's a continuation of like where three, the attitude that three was kind of in. Uh, you know, and it's the pacing is very interesting in the movie and we'll talk about that more specifically. But at the end of the day, it's like if you like the other John Wick movies, you're probably going to love this one. Agree. I think it's kind of easily and arguably a better movie than three. For sure. Which is the weakest of the first three, but it's still a very good movie. Yeah. Like that's the thing when you start talking about like my least one has to be the least favorite even if it's a good movie sure you know and i just really like the i like the simplicity and the heart and the darkness of the first one like the freshness of it i i really like the kind of revenge story and how the world is twisted and built on in the second one and then the third one is just building out more and more and more but it feels like it's leading to something yeah it's a sequel you know not that it has like, like a bridge Right, but so is like chapter two. Chapter two ends on a huge cliffhanger as well. Right. It's like, yeah. it's all about just kind of how you handle it. And luckily we got chapter four, so it makes the third one even a little bit better. Yeah. And we'll talk about that a little bit more too when we come back for spoilies. Spoiler town. And welcome back uh, for spoilies. Spoilies for John Wick Chapter Four. Chapter Quattro. Um, all right, so the general gist of this movie, uh, leading after six months of John Wick healing after falling off of a fucking building, a building, uh, and after fighting a bunch of people for a week and a half, um, <laughs> he is training in the Bowery Kings kind of uh, abandoned warehouse. Yeah, yeah, his lair. <laughs> Um, he's got a really funny, uh, yeah, what? These movies are cartoons, okay? Like, that's what they are. But and I it, love how that wasn't explained or referenced at all. Like, we didn't even see, the like... The fire? Yeah, the fire. Yeah. The, like, lighting He, like, tosses a match and, like, a, a drum barrel, and it, like, leads out to these Making, other like, drum barrels. symbol around him. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. like, okay. Okay, man. Okay. And, yeah, and uh, so the whole... All right, Lawrence. Yeah, the whole idea is that John Wick is going to go after the high table. And I'm that's, just going to refer to Bowery King as Lawrence. Go for it. 
Just you can do that. Because it is, it's fish burn. It's Lawrence. You know him on a personal Lawrence level. Lawrence Fishburne is fish burning it Larry. Up. Larry. I prefer he's, Lawrence. He's back. I want to give him a little class. Uh, his <laughs> wounds are healed, uh, as have John Wick's. And uh, this movie is, the whole idea is starting out, at least, that John Wick is going to go after the high table. He's going to, quote unquote, kill them all. And Ian McShane is going to be punished for not accomplishing killing John This Wick. is uh, what starts into the wheels that start to turn earlier on in this movie that starts to kind of change John Wick's uh, trajectory and where he's going is that, yeah, Ian McShane's Winston is um, being heavily punished for the fact that John Wick is still alive and they think he still had something to do with it. So they're going to take the Continental away this time by blowing it up. And he's given an hour to evacuate. He shows up, and that's where we meet a um, uh, little, little, little creepy Skarsgård himself. The Marquis. The Marquis. Because uh, he's French. Doing what I think is a fine French accent. I just like how he said rules. He was like, rules. Yeah, rules. That's fine. Rules. He says it like four times, and i that's the only time that I was like, yes. I, I took French uh, for uh, three, three or four years in high school. That's yeah. how you say rules. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. His outfit selection was very good. Yeah, you, you that. he's wearing the little mocking J pin uh, he, that all of his other friends are wearing. Yeah, all the all the Marquis clan has gray sparkle suits and that are bulletproof, and they have the little mocking J pin. But he's got like. A pocket watch. He's got like long tailed suits. He's, he's decked out. He's got the hand in one pocket sachet. He's got the cool long neckties. Ooh. I think in the Ooh. line Ooh. of. I'm going like, to look up who did costumes. In the line of like big bad guys, the gold fingers and doctor nose of the John Wick world. I think he fits right in. Uh, his youth is very important. Ooh. It kind of brings back to like chapter two, where like that guy was a little bit younger and up and coming, wanted to be a part of the high table. And he's kind of given this like, you got to take this guy seriously because looking like Bill Skarsgård, talking like he does, look dressing like he does, you might not take him as this kind of serious, powerful threat. And this movie does something early on that makes you really hate this guy and understand that he is a threat. And it is unfortunately, he kills Lance Reddick's character right in yeah. front of Winston. And as we may or may not know, dear listeners, uh, Lance Reddick passed away less peace, than man. a week uh, before this movie came out. See, I didn't know that it was before the movie came out. I was wondering if it happened after the movie was released. I believe the movie hadn't even premiered yet. I might be getting like a day off or something like that, but I feel like there were, I feel like it's, Lance Reddick passed away the day before the premiere because at the premiere, there was a bunch of people being ooh, asked about Lance Reddick. It's Lance pretty Reddick, intense. Yeah. Like, I felt like you and I were like, whoa. It's it's a big gut punch in like that way that makes you feel kind of weird. Well, I anticipated him being in the film longer and that and this death happens pretty early Very on, early, yeah. And is... A sincere blow because like him and Ian McShane have like a good camaraderie. They are friends. They are like in it together. They know the hotel is being taken away. Yep. Um, and he's kind of just and like Lance Reddick's yeah. character, who's like mainly known as the concierge yeah. in one and two, and then is named, I believe, for the first time in three as Tron. Uh is like a really great character. He takes care of John Wick's dog in two and three. Uh, the dog that he gets at the end of one. 
uh, so that John Wick can go around and not have to take care of a dog the whole time, which is yeah. a very good plot device. You need that. He's also, like, he's kind of integral in setting up the world building and the lore oh, yeah. of the Continental. Like, and he's, he's also yeah. Lance fucking Riddick, so oh, he's got man. this amazing his voice. voice. Even, with, even with the accent that yeah. he's putting on for his character, he's got such a great voice. It's like, and you can't even really place his voice, like... Sort of Frenchy, not like quite. where it's at, so it's almost kind of like, it's like impersonating, like... It's like when you do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, you are impersonating an entire people, that's essentially. Not, that's what you do for Arnold Schwarzenegger? I always do. It's not a tumor. Oh, no, you can do that, too. But that's like your quote? I just like to talk like him. <laughs> just say whatever you want. You just end things like that. Uh, like a, it's like the Valley Girl bit where it's yeah. just like, not that. I know, but there's certain, just quote, end in a certain, there's certain way. quotes that I feel like are easier to lean into with the yeah. accent. But Lance you know? Reddick has this like amazing, just God. like, would you like, you know, I like love, this very like kind of butlerish. He would have made an amazing Alfred Pennyworth. Like it's just like oh, with this performance. I love him. And it's sad that he died in his early fifties. I think it's, it fucking sucks. It, it's heart related and that sucks and he's a great actor and he was taken too soon it's terrible like when I, I started rewatching the movies uh, and this was way after Lance Reddick yeah. had died uh, and like as the first time he shows up you're yeah, just you like choked up. Fuck, there, fuck there he is yeah and it's just like and he's he's such a good little buddy and he's such to a good John. he's like, such a good character actor he's great he's fucking he great yeah. he's like Lance Reddick just like you know the wire the wire lost I watched fringe all those years when I had no internet and I was getting it on DVD fringe from the library and yeah. I, I just fucking love it. he's great I just love him yeah so but that was sort of a gut punch is right it's That's pretty intense because it's kind of like you get this feeling when it happens that it's like it's kind of almost personal to you as the audience member a little bit because like if you've loved this character because well, you've watched sh- the other movies I'm sure some people didn't know he died sure absolutely you but know. like in the grand scheme of like the history of this movie yeah. like you know people watching this movie 15 years from now it's like oh that's the one where like that actor that was in the first three pretty prominently as a very supporting character he died like a few days before the movie came out and then he dies within the first 15 minutes of the movie and it was kind of like in Star Trek Beyond yeah anytime Anton Yelkin's Chekhov was in danger you were like fuck are they gonna fucking kill Chekhov like oh my god like are they going to do it yeah or kind of like uh, Last Jedi when Carrie Fisher gets like when Leia gets blown out that thing you're like oh my god are they going to kill Leia right now and Carrie Fisher just had passed away like a year earlier Right. It's like that kind of like you're a little nervous and you're like, how are they going to treat this? I almost But you knew for a, a way, fact that like Lance Reddick, he, they finished filming this movie. It was coming out in a yeah. few days. So and it's not like they had to work around it. Knowing that he hadn't died and that, you know, there, it's not like he was sick. They didn't see it coming. It was a total shock. It, it's done respectfully. I mean, I feel like they probably didn't change a thing because like that's what the idea was. And I think that that is a good, it's a tragic ending to the character, but like it's important for Winston, you know, he's not just getting revenge for a building that they blew up. Yeah, he lost a a, a lifelong friend. A friend, like a colleague. He lost his concierge. Like when he points that gun at him and he's just like, you don't need a concierge anymore because I blew up your building. You're like, oh "Oh, no. no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, 
it and it it also kind of like John has like this he's told that um later on because while this is all happening John's gone out and he's uh shot up those bad boys in the desert um beautiful scenery who took his took his finger in the previous one and he wants his ring back yeah it says the the guy says that oh the ring's not there anymore can i talk a little bit more about the marquee uh you can <laughs> yeah go go for the marquee i was going to try and Catch up like where John's at, like when that's happening. Yeah, but that's fair. Go for the marquee. Go I'm just talking about character, not necessarily about specific plot points. Sure. Um, I just really, I really like, like I thought that he was going to be pretty ridiculous, but I, and he is. Um, and I just briefly looked up who the costume designer was. His name is Paco Delgado. He worked on the original John Wick. He also did Les Mis. Les he did the Rally. Danish Girl. He did a lot of good movies. He did the um uh the unbearable weight of massive talent. Like he's a cool dude. I like him. Um, I love what he's doing for this. I love that they do such a great job with the marquee of kind of presenting him as like art loving, culture loving, like he has the ballet to himself. He's going to see these famous paintings in the Louvre and he's got it totally to himself. And he's got a fucking fancy espresso maker there and he's purposefully making them wait while he adds sugar to his fucking espresso. And it's just great. Yeah, it's it's, it's great. It's just it's, little touches, but it's great. It's kind of like <laughs> it's commenting, I think, like this is the closest person that we've come to the high table. Um other than, I guess, the character in three who like oversees who, yeah. the high table as kind of like an outward source, which uh, John Wick kills um, that 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 person's successor in the first few uh, minutes of this movie, and that's where the guy kind of says he's like, "What is the end for John? That you will not find peace unless in death." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah," I, he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." You sound like Rocket. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and it's this kind of like entitlement and, uh, like he looks down at people like Winston and like him that run continentals all over the world and the assassins, like everybody under the table. He's like, you're less than me. Sure. I'm in control. He's very wealthy. He's extremely wealthy and he's been given all of the power of the high table to be able to take John Wick down and make this right. Like I'm pretty sure To he's... the point where he can destroy two continentals like in yeah. major cities. And he's he's like in uh like super fancy weird horse barn with ladies riding show horses and like all the things it's yeah. just it's They're just like extravagant like it's high wealth. society like kind of like passing judgment on people yeah. that do the grunt work it's like Marie Antoinette shit mm -hmm. there's a lot of gold yeah. and so like he destroys the New York Continental and that other Continental he destroys is in Osaka John Wick has uh Hidden out and find refuge and found refuge in uh, the Osaka Continental, which is run by his buddy, played by uh, amazing actor Hiroyuki Sonata. So good. Yeah. He's so good. He is eating up every single fucking moment that he is in this movie. He like he feels like he's so excited to be in a John Wick movie. Like Hiroyuki Sonata has been in so many fucking awesome movies. My beloved Sunshine. My beloved sunshine. He's so good. It's so fucking good. He's so good. good. What do you see, Kaneda? What do you see? He's so good. He's so good. And it just genuinely feels like he's excited to be in a John Wick movie at this point yeah. and kind of be this character that is 
on John Wick's level and equal and like and his his friend and, and his is, loyal is like in that friend zone that you want to be in. You want to yes. be in John Wick's friend zone. Getting friend zoned by other people can sometimes feel weird, but you want to be friend zoned by John Wick. Well, he's saying, you know, earlier Donnie Yen's character, who we'll get into because he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he sort of says like John Wick has very few friends left, and even fewer that he actually trusts. <laughs> so he knows. Yeah. And so Donnie Yen's character, simultaneously while all this is happening, um, the Marquis uh, hires Donnie Yen's character, Kane. Out of retirement. Out of retirement, who is a blind um, sex pot. Retired uh, assassin yeah. wearing a wig for five minutes so that we can see him transform. Pretty good wig. Pretty good wig. But his real hair, so much better. He shows up and he is glammed. Yeah. He's glammed out. New glasses, haircut, fresh suit, yeah. who dis. So he is, good. He is hired by the, by the Marquis to... Go kill John Wick. Yeah. Uh, he pretty much has an arrangement um, like other assassins, but a little bit more specific to him. This is one of the lores that they build in is that all the different assassins kind of have different uh, levels of like how they respond to the high table. Because they were like, we gave you a name. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we give you a name, <laughs> you kill it. If you don't kill it, we take a life. Like that's and the deal that they have. The deal is that... He's retired and he has a daughter, but he's like sort of watching her from afar. Yeah, he can never actually retire. Like he wants to protect her. Yeah, yeah. because you know it, it's a world of respect. The high table respected him, but now that this guy has taken control, like he can kind of do whatever he wants. And it's 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 like, well, we're either going to kill your daughter or you're going to kill John Wick. So one of the coolest things that I. I had read a tiny bit about, but I forgot about it before we actually went to see the movie, was that the actress that plays the concierge slash daughter for Mm -hmm. the Osaka Continental is a musician. This is like her first feature film. And I think I had put some of her songs on like our best of uh, for 2022. Really? She's Japanese-British. She does like a lot of like rap and pop uh-huh. and she's awesome. So it's like Rina uh, Sawayama. She was great. Uh-huh. So she's the concierge of the of the Osaka Continental. And she's also, you know, the daughter of uh, Hiroyuki Sonata's character. And she's, she's great. She's okay. fucking fantastic. No, that's the daughter that is protected of Donnie Yen's character. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, she's awesome. Um, and she, her fight choreography is really cool, and I just I just thought that was really cool. It was like her first feature film, and I was like, she's great. I didn't know she was not an action star well, until I, mean, I looked her up again, and I was like, oh, right, is, she's that musician that they were talking up is in this movie. Yeah, this is the beginning of the conversation of where we're going to kind of like jump ahead real quick to be able to kind of context the rest of this conversation, which is... Uh, Akira's character, who is the concierge daughter, uh, she uh, becomes a super big badass and fights alongside John Wick and Sonata and against Donnie Yen and all of these guys. And uh, she gets mortally wounded. She gets wounded a little bit. Not mortally because she doesn't die, but like she could if she doesn't Yeah, she gets like shot in the side. And Donnie Yen uh, attacks John, but John's able to get away. And uh, Donnie Yen then fights... Uh, Hiroyuka Sonata and kills him, uh, but doesn't want to. Yeah, but they, does. they kind of refer to each other as old friends. Yeah. They they say He's like, asking him to your stop. Brother, Where's, tell me where John is, and we don't have to do this. Right. But Donnie Yen kills him, and 
in front of Akira and Akira goes to attack him. He's like, live. And as she's walking away, he says, I'll be waiting for you. And then she walks away and she does not come back in the movie. Right. And this is because there are multiple characters introduced in this movie that are probably meant to be spinoffs because at the end of this movie, it is kind of left open that John Wick could be dead. Right. Like we're jumping ahead there, but that's kind of why a lot of these new characters are one, given so much time on screen to be badasses and kick ass yeah. so that they can move on. Sure. And then two, left alive. Plus, uh, she goes to John Wick and says, like, either you kill him or I will about Donnie Yen's character, mm-hmm. um, Kane. And man, Kane is so good. He's Kane, good. Kane is so good. Donnie Yen He's is so just good. He's so good. He's so good at like showing up and endearing himself as like an old friend yeah and then you're uh, upset that he's being hired to kill john wick because you're like i just want to see them all be friends would love to see (laughs) kane and john wick hang out and have a drink yeah it'd be great well i mean the closest we get is seeing them sit next to each other in a church and him saying it's nice to be with an old friend (laughs) you know but (laughs) i i uh Donnie Yen just like also like as soon as he shows up, he seems like a guy who knows what he's talking about, Um, whether or not you're supposed to believe it or not. Like he just seems wise and confident in himself. Oh, yeah. Think about Rogue One, especially he's like a big one where you're like, this guy's supposed to be a crackpot, kind of. But he's supposed to be sort of like a religious zealot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A crackpot. (laughs) Also blind. But also blind. And And then for a minute there, I was like, is he actually blind? No, no, no. And then I looked it up and I'm like, he's not. It's just like he developed like ways of fighting in Rogue One, like probably, you know, along with stunt choreographers and stuff like that. But like in this one, it's taken to another level where it's like the, like where he's facing and stuff like that when he's doing stuff is just so fucking cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And Donnie Yen just has like such a knowledge of what his body is doing at all times. Yeah. That he just like, he just works for the camera. He knows exactly where to be and do stuff. There's one point where like he blows somebody's head off like a little too close to him, and uh, it kind of splatters on him. And he does does like this little like ah and like like kind of yep. like boo yeah. like to like get the blood away kind of thing. Plus like the, like, I, the idea of him being blind is totally believable because there's like all of this uh, work and character development done where you see him set up kind of like doorbell traps that are motion censored. You see him tapping his cane, which is a hidden Catania sword, you know, against glass, against the door frame. Like he's working with the sound. He's his space. You know, I love that he's like, John, are you dead? Yeah. You know, and it's John's more, just laying there trying to hold his breath. Yeah, it's that's a great part. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's a more like kind of like realistic approach to like the Daredevil fight dynamics. It's so good. Because like Daredevil is God a damn superhero. damn it, I love Daredevil. And this guy is not a superhero. Like, so it's like he has to have these tricks and stuff. And like the actual, like the use of like the prototypical digital ding dong yeah ding dong so good is so good because it's like oh you usually apply that to you would attribute that to just like normal monotony life but there's also like this kind of subtext of like nowadays when your doorbell rings it's fucking scary well 
I, yes. And it's like, oh, it's like, oh, someone's coming to attack also, you. To be fair, I've read about this, and apparently it's like our generation in particular responds that way. That if someone comes to your door, we're like, what the fuck? And, and go and hide. Mm-hmm. Whereas younger generations are not like that. Well, I mean, technically, you know, me and you are different generations by but one year. I'm kind of on the cusp. Yeah, you're Gen X. No, I'm not. You are. No, I looked it up. I'm in this weird gray. You're my, 81. 81 is Gen X. It's still, not. Isn't it? It's no, not. I'm in this weird gray area where I'm like There's between no thing as gray areas. It's X and then it's Y. Well, I looked it up and I'm in this weird in between where I, I existed during some of Gen X and some of Millennial for my prime formative years. No, and the so, rules are it's when you're born. It's the saying, year you're born. I'm just saying. Are we the same generation? I'm, you know, quasi. It's five years. It's fruity and Freudian, my friend. Okay. It's in my mind, we are different generations because you watched different cartoons as a child than I did. I guess so. That's the deciding factor. Oh, actually, hey, no. So Generation X is nineteen sixty-five to nineteen eighty, born. Yeah, I'm eighty-one. Oh, you're eighty-one. Ah, right, so we're both Generation Y, millennial. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, perfect. Reading about millennials, Great. apparently none of us want to answer the door when the doorbell rings. We all freak out. Dude, I have constant do not disturb on my phone. Yeah. You're the only one that gets through my phone and my mom. I feel like bad about it. that because sometimes I know you're sleeping, but I want to send you something that I see that's funny. It happens sometimes. I'm taking a nap and you're just like, this is funny. And I'm like, ah. sometimes <laughs> I okay. Sometimes I put it into the message though and I don't send it. I Sometimes I remember, you know? Mm-hmm. It's okay. I try. That's fine. I love you too. But uh, getting back to Donnie Yen, and I fucking love Daredevil. And if you haven't watched Daredevil on Netflix, you should have watched it by now. And I hope the new Daredevil is good, but we'll see. I hope it is. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll That's see. Uh, but I think we also need to mention the other new character that is so prevalent in this film which I am going to refer to him as Mr. Nobody on the IMDb. They call him Tracker. It's played by Shamir Anderson. It's Mr. Nobody. That's what it is in the That's what he calls himself. He Mm -hmm. calls himself Mr. Nobody. Uh, He spends the whole movie with a German Shepherd or type of Shepherd mutt. We get a brand new dog as we do in every movie. We get a brand new doggo. He's very outfitted as sort of like ex-military in my mind. Like Uh he's wearing the pack. He's got the beanie cap on. Um, he's sort of in the shadows. He could have shot John Wick at multiple times in this movie, but he is waiting because he's trying to get the money up. Yeah. He's got his dream home. He's got his little sketchbook notebook. I love that. Um, I love his little sketches of all the characters that he's got in there. He's great. I I really feel like they're setting it up for him to be in a future movie. And that's I just would like Akira. Like that's it. exactly what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. I would watch another movie Starring Shamir Anderson. He was great. Yeah, he's got a fantastic scene uh, with John. Apparently with, where he's he, like, Canadian. Where he's like, he's finally trying to take him down. Like, he reveals himself to be like quite the like, it's not like he was like, you know, not really doing all that much action wise beforehand. But like, he starts really upping his game once he really goes after John Wick. Right. Because he's, he's just tracking him. He's, he's tracking him at him, first, following him. him. Yeah. And he then he's just like, people oh, around John Wick. I got this. Let's do this. Yeah. And... Uh, they are brought together by their uh, their their familiar love of dogs. For the love of the poochies. The poochie, yeah. It's so nice. There's like a big uh, head honcho. Uh, that guy bad is guy so big. Uh, He's so tall. Marco yeah. Zaror. You got him? Nice. He is from 
Chile. He's a Chilean martial arts action star and fight choreographer currently residing in LA. He was great. He's and he's like essentially the big dude that's kind of He's like the all first lieutenant the movie. of the like marquee. He shows up the first time in Osaka and then just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going and he's kind of like the big one up until the end when we're going to get like a big crescendo like Yeah, he doesn't at, die at even though he's stairs. gotten the shit beat out of him yeah. multiple times. Right. And I mean, like, you know, if if we're doing that then really the only other character big character that we really need to talk about. I mean, uh, Natalia Tena shows up as, um, which everybody loves from the Harry Potter movies, yeah, as Nymphadora. Not British. Not not British, <laughs> nope. Um, and she shows up and she's kind of the person that's going to help John Wick get back into, he has to get back into like his clan. She's like to be angry able to be, cousin. Yeah, to, in order to be able to like be um, affected by the high table because the whole point of the movie is that John Wick can only stop the marquee if he can challenge him to a high table duel. One on one. One on one. And that's kind of how he gets that. Even though the marquee's going to play dirty. Of course. Yeah, because that's what he does. He's Bill Skarsgård. He's yeah. a dirty little fucker. Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Uh, and she points, uh, her character is named uh, Katya. She points John Wick in the direction of a. A uh, very fine gentleman named <laughs> Killa, who is played by Scott Adkins, who we had previously mentioned is in a a big uh, fat suit uh, to be presented he as more like this kind of kingpin character. He doesn't necessarily look fat. His just his shoulder. And the fat suit's not supposed to be uh, derogatory. Like no, that's just like kind of the I know, the but, term. Like, but like this. he's just made to look so big. Like he's he's. If you were drawing him cartoon style, he is Kingpin with the giant, massive, wide shoulders wearing the yeah, suit. That's what he actually looks like. Well, he looks like a buff son of a he's bitch a in that He's a beautiful, picture. beautiful buff God, man. he's very attractive. Yes. They really do make him look cartoonish, that's though. That's kind of like the whole point. Like They, make, they, looks, they Elmer fud the shit out of him. But he looks like... You know, into the Spider Verse cartoon. Yeah, like that's the amazing he quality. Big. He looks big, but he's playing cards. He's wearing like a bright purple suit. Like he looks like a comic book character, which I feel like the rest of the feel of the movie isn't necessarily like that. So it's a little distracting. Sure, I think it's more like cartoon, like cartoonish. Yeah, it's you would very see like some like big dumb. No, it's very cartoonish, yeah. but I feel like the the feel of the rest of of number four is not so cartoonish. Sure, right. It's more gritty. And then that that sequence of fighting is awesome, but it's also like in the Matrix sequels when there's underground rave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's just a lot of dancing while violence is happening. I mean, that's one of the big things that's come up with the movie so far is like, everybody just keeps dancing. Even though people are getting like shot. Like getting shot the fuck up. They're dancing around the people that are fighting. It's the same thing later on, like when they're in that, um, when they're in that big, like kind of a roundabout. Oh, you mean around the Arc de Triomphe, yeah. which is massive. It's like cars would stop eventually. Yeah, it's They're not just going to keep going. But to be fair, I've been there once. I was in the backseat of my friend's dad's car, and it was terrifying just driving around that. Like, he took us there so we could see the Arc de Triomphe, but it's massive. It's a huge-ass four-lane roundabout that people are driving 55 miles like an hour. It was fucking terrible terrible design in, like... Traffic. Yeah, just <laughs> whatever the professional term for yeah. designing how traffic is supposed to work. Yeah. 
It was bad. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But again, like it doesn't like I I it's funny that people are still dancing around. Yeah. They're probably fucking high. Sure. That's that excuse. Drugs. And as far as like, you know, the fucking uh the water the, the roundabout, like it's yeah. just like fuck it. Yeah. It looks cool. It's fun. Like that was like one of my favorite parts of the movie, like, you know, jumping ahead, but like yeah. I I love that action sequence of you know, I was I was holding it off for uh spoiler talk, but the movie is close to three hours long. Yeah, what's your favorite fight scene? The pacing is really, really good. And it it's like right around the point where like that last hour is about to start, which is essentially him trying to make it to the spot by sunrise. He's trying to get to Sacré-Cœur in Paris, which is this big white church that is at the top of 212 motherfucking old stone steps. And I've yeah. done it. And it's a lot of fucking yeah. stuff. He's trying to get there. And that's like essentially the last like 40 minutes of the movie before like the big grand finale. And right around that point when that's about to start, I started getting a little bit of a fatigue. Sure. Because I've been watching the movie for close to two hours. Yes. And I was like, all right, I think I'm, I've had my fill. These action sequences have been fantastic. I like this. And then they're just like, no, no. Here are four set pieces that are just fucking awesome back to back paris is a very cool locale for all of this shit yeah i have to say like after being in new york you know yeah paris is a very cool change of venue city-wise architecture old school you know the the lore of like this uh old school phone operator people on the computer posting what the the bounty has risen on John Wick and mm. like all that, you know, alerting all the other people. It's a very cool set piece. I, I liked it a lot. It's yeah. good. You gotta bring it to Paris. We were talking earlier with our with our buddy uh Michael about like the 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 well, it's going to be France this time because, like, they've already, like... Can't be Russia. They've can't already be. abused yeah. the Russian culture and <laughs> uh, the Italian culture, and they gotta, they gotta, they got to move on. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, he also sort of spoiled slash uh, shout-outed a great line in the movie that, that was great. Yeah. Where before, he was yeah. like, one of the characters is just going to tell another character to shut the fuck up. Where Donnie Yen just tells, tells Bill Skarsgård to fuck off. Yeah, and it, like, is, it is great. It's like it is on the great. level of like, remember in X-Men First Class when uh, uh, Professor X and Magneto like go in and meet Wolf, young Wolverine. Yes. And, he's, and they're just like, we'd really love to tell you. And he's like, fuck <laughs> off. And they just leave. <laughs> yes. Like, Perfect. Yeah. Good. It's very good. Um... My favorite action scene uh, is probably, I love the, the yeah, cul-de-sac your, car thing. You like um, that the best? I, uh, but the one that follows that when they're in like the old abandoned house and you start going overhead. That was so cool. It's very cool. I've never seen anything like I that. I looked at you like three different times during that when as soon as they pull up. Yeah. And you know that they have the camera above and there's no ceiling. They're going to start doing that like minority report thing yes, where they're where going through the grid. He's yeah. going through the rooms and he has these fucking stolen bullets that catch fire. Incendiary and rounds. They are so crazy and it's just him grabbing more payloads of that. and, and Which is like a video game. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you kill people and then like, oh, you go to their body and you grab more. Like, yes. It's like a video game. So... That was great, but I also have to say that initial fight sequence between him and Donnie Yen was great. 
that first when we oh, first, the first one in Osaka, yeah, yeah, the first one in Osaka where they're in that sort of like stunt room training room for his hired help, and there's all these like panes of glass that are used as dividers around people training. It's just so cool, like the sound effects, the smashing glass, the sort of like kabuki mask that all of the hired assassins are wearing, mm -hmm. which is like playing off of like at the end of. Chapter three is like the big reveal at the end is that, oh, they're all coming in with full body armor. Yes. So you can't just like bop, bop, bop them. You have to like get really close yeah. and like pull their head up and like get to like where the neck's at. Even for the people that were fighting for the marquee, they're wearing these like suits that we have come to learn are bulletproof, yeah. essentially. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's covering their faces yeah, at like different Dracula. points. Like, yeah. Ah. Everyone's pulling a Dracula with their blazer, which is pretty great. Yeah. John Wick concluded, really fun, um, and then getting gross as far as like stabbing people in the neck or shooting them in the face. Mm -hmm. It is intense. Yeah, it makes them kind of like get up there and get close and just uh, make it go like, Ey. Yeah, and there's a lot of sequences where John Wick is sort of like sweep the leg, get the person to roll over their body, oh, yeah. and I'm like, man, he's got to be hurting by now. He's got to have some arthritis by now and some broken bones and he's limping and... He's a tough mother... I mean, that's he, that's the whole point. He's he a, he's hit a, tough a pillar kid. in that club before he landed in the, the fountain area. Yeah. Oh, there's like some Whoa. great, great falls in this Falls movie out of the too. building and he hits a car. Yep. He's getting hit by multiple cars. Woo! Yeah, it's good. There's also that great shot too of... Uh, a uh, dude being tossed down um, an escalator oh. that just like looks insane because yeah. like falling down an escalator is like my worst nightmare. Mine too. As a child, I that was the thing I was afraid of. Like, yeah. you know how some little kids don't want to get on an escalator. I would get on there, it but it looks I, like a meat grinder. It, it looks, looks like, like it's, it's trying to hurt you. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, if you fall on that with shorts, you are going to cut your knee. Like it is scary. Yeah, no, I don't do that. That's yeah. why I don't wear shorts because <laughs> escalators. <laughs> Nice, nice. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, so uh, get, getting up there, like, the, he's got to get to the duel. So, like, that entire, like, last 40 minutes up until the duel itself is, like, him trying to fight his way through Paris to, like, get there. And there's, like, a very video game level kind of, like, mentality to that, yeah. which is really, like, the subtext is brought to full text with that one scene I was talking about where it literally becomes, like, how you would view, like, an overhead video game. And I love the, you know, the introduction of Mr. Nobody, who's finally gotten the okay that he's going to get the money that he wants. Yep. So he starts to actually participate in attempting to kill John Wick instead of just watching and finding him. Um, but then you get that pivotal scene where uh, they, they bond because his dog slash, you know, assassin companion, because his dog is like attacking people and killing it's people. It's like a secondary weapon that he's got. Um, it is like a secondary weapon, but it's still like being like, you know, mm -hmm. or whining and being a good doggo, and he clearly loves it, yeah. is about to get hurt by this Chilean martial arts dude who's Marquis first in command. And then John Wick, in a moment of, you know, morality and love, he shoots that guy he's to a stop he's him. He's a dog man now. He's, he's a dog man. Yeah. He's, he's got multiple dogs. He loves his doggos. Mm -hmm. He shoots that guy instead. And then we, Mr. Nobody is like, oh, I can't kill you now. You just saved my doggo. Saved my doggo. Yeah. Respect. And it's good. Like the movie does this really smart thing. Like nobody likes to see a dog get hurt. Hell no. But to make it land even a little bit harder, 
in the previous fight, they have the dog like get thrown against the car. Yeah, get hit by the car, yeah. And make you go like, oh, oh no, but then the dog's fine. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. I thought the dog Which was Which makes you like, like, that's like a perfect way to kind of like, you know, shock an audience once and make them go like, oh shit, I do care about that dog. Which of course they do, but it makes them realize that yeah. they do so that when the dog is placed in jeopardy, it's like, oh no. It's a super cute doggo. It's a, they're, most dogs are super cute yeah. doggos. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get this amazing uh, fight sequence up the stairs. Yes. Um, which keeps going and going and going and he gets all the way God up fighting all these damn. guys. Gets knocked back all the way down. It's Makes so it up rough. He gets knocked down. Every time he falls down, Another flight oh, of stairs. So You're like, he's got to go back up it's it. It's so painful. Yeah. He's already fallen from buildings, hit cars. You're just like, man, he can't make it up all those stairs. Mm-hmm. And then Donnie Yen's character shows up and he's so, so awesome. He's like, John, I need you to get up those Nothing stairs. Nothing says that I can't help you get there. Yes. Yeah, that's the whole thing. He's like, even though, because at this point, Donnie Yen has been placed as the nomination, like the surrogate fighter. A volunteer's for tribute. For a 30 pace duel. <laughs> yeah. You know, this old school duel. It's not like yeah. they have to like meet at the top of this hill and like actually fight each other to all the best of their abilities. You know, they're going to be given like old school duel pistols. Yeah. Dueling pistols, as they call them. Yeah, one and bullet so only. And so there's nothing that says that I can't help you get to the top. So they fight their way to the top. Um, and them fighting together is great. It's great because, like, you get to see... It's that last thing that you need to really show that, like, they're not just friends. They not just respect each other. They understand each other because yeah. they can work together and communicate. He's like, 9 o'clock or 12. And I love it. He's just like, 9! Nine. Nine. He's fucking he's amazing. So he's so good. so many great he's lines. He's so good. He's so good. And it's like, not even just, like, the, the dialogue is great. It's just, like, his delivery... It's like New York City level. <laughs> Bravo, shit. Donnie. It's fucking yes, good. It is. <laughs> and uh, they get up there finally at the end, uh, which probably is going to be the action scene that really lives on because that thing goes for a long time. You have pretty not much the entire. mentioned Clancy Brown. No, he's up at the top. I know. He's he's like this weird. He's called the Harbinger. I know, but he's sort of like the priest and the exorcist. He's got like yep. the trench coat and the hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just. And he plays this guy like he showed up earlier and presented Winston like, hey, uh, Continental's going. You got an hour, and was has kind of been seen talking. He's he's kind of like a closer affiliate to uh, the high table than uh, the Marquis. But he's not really allowed to change anything or get himself involved. He's more just like, I am here to present the news. He's the harbinger of bad news. Kind right, of thing. right. And he is the one that's kind of like officiating this duel. And he's up there and we get uh, Donnie Yen and um, Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Call him that just once. <laughs> John Wick. He's become John Wick. Like in these movies, he's, he's John Wick. Jonathan. Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> And he gets up there, and uh, it's it's time for the duel. And Donnie Yen, uh, Donnie Yen's cane has been put as like the nomination in the duel to take the place of the marquee. And Kane's still blind. And Kane is still blind, <laughs> and they're gonna shoot at each other. Yeah. They're gonna and shoot they at start each at thirty other. paces, go to twenty paces, go to ten paces. They make it all the way up to ten paces. Uh, they're kind of taking little pops at each other, and at ten paces, Mar- John Wick is faking. That, that he shot. He, yeah. That he's shot. Yeah. Well, he is shot. He is shot. He's faking that he shot his bullet. Yes. Yeah. And Marquis, and the Marquis is just like, I'm a sniffing a little piece of shit. 
Give it to me. I want the kill shot. I'm Theon Greyjoy. Yeah, and then you're like, you dumb motherfucker. He didn't he shoot off. his gun, and yeah. he gets shot in the head. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. He's a little piece of shit. But he has been shot in the side, potentially in, like, liver or something. Yeah, he got shot in the arm. He got shot in the shoulder, like, collarbone. And then he got shot, like, where, like, the organs are. And pretty much him and Donnie Yen have been sort of shot for shot in the same parts of the body. Like, mm. he kind of wounds Donnie Yen prior to his... Super serious shot. But Donnie yeah. Yen walks away a little better. Yeah. We've got John Wick kind of watch the, the sunrise and then take some steps down from the top of the church and pass out on the steps. Yeah, he asks he asks Winston, um, can you take me home? Yes. And, and he, he's, he's told Winston and our Bowery King, Lawrence Fishburne, to write loving husband on my tombstone. Yeah, that, that was like in an earlier point where like he gets picked up by the Bowery King where he gets all like hooked back up in Paris because the Bowery King is like extending his new, shit. New Kevlar suit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the movie ends with uh, John Wick maybe or maybe not being dead. See, I just assumed he is dead. Well, you... you there's the whole thing of, uh, you know, the Bowery King asking him, like, do you think he's in heaven or hell? And he's like, who knows? And Winston's like, right. who knows? And it's like, well, sure. you know, this could be just a way to hide John Wick so nobody ever comes after him again. True. Yeah. You know, so it's like that's how starting you, a new life. That's how you get the possible chapter five. Jason which, Bourne. Given the amount of money that this fucking movie made. Um, well, I, I thought that this was also like. He's gonna potentially be in the Anna de Armas spinoff ballerina, possibly. But I was wondering if they will make that like earlier in the timeline, training her, mm-hmm. or if it's sort of like he got the shit beat out of him. He's so, retired. He can still train somebody. This is the thing that like I realized when rewatching these movies with the John Wick movies that the built-in thing that they can do. It's like, you can't just like recast John Wick if you want to keep me making these movies. Because they Keanu can make it years to, before. You make it earlier and you hire some little fucker to be young John Wick. Well, you can also have it be, if like you said, the first few movies happen within the span of a few weeks. Mm-hmm. It's easy enough to make it a couple of years before and him still be the same. I mean, I guess that's true. They just are kind they, of pushing it because like, you know... These movies all take place within so the span of less than seven months, and it's been nine years. They're so like, physical, too, yeah. that I feel like it's got to take it out of him at some I, point. That's a testament to, like, how Keanu Reeves looks and has aged over the past ten years. Like, he's yeah, got some just, Paul Rudd blood. It's just a matter of them dying his gray hair, and that's fine. Yeah. And that's okay. There's yeah, nothing wrong fine. with that. He looks good. He looks great. He's lean. He is in shape. <laughs> I yeah. will say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you got anything else uh, for John Wick Chapter 4? I mean, we pretty much went through the whole thing. I enjoyed it. it I yeah. liked watching Mr. Nobody be on the sidelines having a beer with his dog while he watched the fight sequence. It's very good. The duel at the end yeah. and him being like, it's, yes. I think that I enjoy Chapter 4 more than Chapter 2, but I think that Chapter 2 is a better movie. Okay, I'm going to have to rewatch 2 and 3 to, I'm to still on confidently level. speak yeah. to that. I, I like Chapter 1, like the first John Wick is just not getting knocked down. I, I no. just think that that movie, having rewatched it a couple days ago, without the idea of rewatching the other ones, I was like, I just want to watch the first John Wick. Yeah. And you're just like, hmm. First John Wick is God, great. This is just a great little fucking movie. Yeah. But it's it's so different from the other movies. Like, it is. And like how it looks. Like, I still think that the best action sequence in the entire series is the Red Circle sequence in the first one, which is cool. when he breaks into that, like, to get 
Theon Greyjoy and like actually yeah. go after him and like, the music's great and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's great. I, you know, also the first one is great because it's got Willem Dafoe, the, you know, the villain, Michael Nyquist. Uh-huh. He's yeah. he's so good. I love him. I love him as the villain. He's so he's good. Great. Like that's, his villain I think is the best villain I think his in all the movies the because villain. like there's, there's this like, there's this self-mockery that the first one kind of has. Like, isn't this all fucking ridiculous? He also... That goes deeper than the action scenes. It's yeah. like, even the characters are like... Like, Willem Dafoe's character is just, like, so fucking weird. He you know, is. Like, how do you operate in this world outside of the scenes that you are in in this movie? Yeah. And it seems like a conscious choice. I also like in the first one that... He respects John Wick and he doesn't really want to have to kill him. But yeah, he's like, you which comes him. up again and again. Yeah, he's like, you killed my boy. I need to, you know. Yeah. But he doesn't want to. Well, he's afraid of him. Exactly. Yeah, like he, he doesn't want to deal with yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, Good right. stuff. Good stuff, man. Well, uh, yeah. John Wick Chapter 4, we uh, heavily recommend. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Check out all those story screen presents uh channels that we were talking about before visit storyscreenbeacon.com to check out more podcasts articles content videos yeah. click on content click on content click uh, on patreon if get you're on interested that patreon in being get an exclusive on that member patreon yeah. just do it five guys. bucks a month come on guys you get lots of cool exclusive content if you go to up to 10 bucks a month we're gonna have some special pop-up screenings we're gonna have trivia we're gonna have other special events coming up yeah and if we get 50 followers we're gonna let uh all of the patrons uh pick a movie series for us to cover on the exclusive podcast that's a great idea it's gonna be so much fun okay it's gonna be great we got new merch on the store if you go to storyscreenbeacon.com and you go to the store we got uh, links to brand new t-shirt designs. We are going to come out with more stuff. We also have a link where if you really are itching for something and you want to send us an email, it'll it'll automatically pop up an email and you can suggest, hey, I want a button. Hey, I want stickers. Hey, I want this. Let us know. Um, yeah, that way we know what to like put up there. We're here to please. We've got a little bit of, of fun stuff that we'll bring to in-person events coming soon around the Hudson oh, yeah. Valley. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be putting stuff on the website and over social media. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and on the social media part, make sure you follow us on all that. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search Story Screen. We're right there. Yeah. That's Story us. underscore Screen presents for Instagram. Story underscore Screen for Twitter. Yeah, yep. hit us up. That's up. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Diana, thank you for joining me and going to see this movie with me. (laughs) I live here. You do. All right. right, We'll catch you guys next time on another episode. Ow. Ow. Hold on. Hold on. I'm just trying to get the name. I'm trying to get the name of the podcast over here. Ah, Hot takes. Bye.